2: Welcome to the SmackDown review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamphlet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review SmackDown, but also Raw, NXT, Duper, oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage. Pay-per-views, bloody premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Hampton. If you review Friday night SmackDown,
3: and what do you make of this week's show? Rubbish. Ah. Piss poor. Dreadful. Um, Monday Night Raw, but worse. All of these synonyms for SmackDown continues to be this way. I am going to highlight, as we go through this review, the things I earnestly enjoyed, nay, loved about this show, uh, because it did have them it really did have them this was a bad episode of what has been for a while now in my opinion a bad wrestling show so much so that I feel like I'm saying this as if it's uh, gonna scotch the earth he's that like I forget his name and I'm not I don't want you to name it when you remember it' so that dickhead you enjoy listening to that does all the hot take stuff who like says things just to be contrary. I can't remember his name but that guy mm. um the unleashed one I, Legit, this is not a bit. I can't remember yeah, yeah, the guy. Yeah. But, like, I feel like at this point, doing all that sort of listen, listen, guys, I got to <laughs> tell you, like, SmackDown ain't it anymore. Like, it's not been it for so long. I don't mm. watch this with the expectation that it might be. We don't preview it on a Friday with absolutely nothing to preview, mm. expecting it to be good. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's that gag, isn't it? About the low expectations. Like, but you managed it. It continues to fall below very low expectations. WWE gets away with it. Because it's Rumble week, baby! I'm hyped as you can get for a WWE yep. pay-per-view. Not because of this show.
2: <laughs> and I have a feeling this show is probably going to take off following the Rumble, because then we'll all be on the home straight to, one would assume, Reigns versus Lesnar at WrestleMania. Probably, yeah. But, like you say, it did feel a bit like they were treading water. Although, even though we all knew which way this show was heading, I did like the consequences of the opening segment, basically. Hmm. We'll talk about it. We'll We'll see. So we started, of course, uh, with uh, the bloodline. Um, They had a big recap of what's been going on with Reigns and Rollins and the Usos, including the Usos attacking Rollins on Raw last week. Usos are in the ring. Uh, they celebrate the fact that Roman Reigns has been holding the Universal Title for 508 days. No former champions have ever done that—not Kevin Owens, not Seth freaking Rollins, not Brock Lesnar—and uh, they do this big introduction for Roman Reigns, who comes out. Oh, I love this opening segment. I saved about 10 minutes watching this. <coughs> I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. It gets a bit with Roman coming out. Yeah,
3: right. I sorry to cut you off. I don't know at this point if that's good analysis or bad. Like, obviously, your gut feeling is. Oh, they're they're saying like great because you can fast forward parts of this wrestling show, but I think there's a real point underneath this. It's like there is so much content to consume, especially coming out of WWE. That if you, it's like a life hack. Yeah, it's like WWE life hacks. Well, SmackDown has very long entrances. Raw has highlight packages, so they become these little hacks that help you defeat the. That's not how you're supposed to like, <laughs> approach the chosen art that you enjoy. It's like, well, much like going to the museum and like seeing this fast pass where you can just skim past the pictures without learning about the history. <laughs> I can't wait. We could be out of this place in ten minutes. <laughs> I, ju- I just, it's a like, but it's not. There's a point there. There is a point yeah. there. Like make. Content not so disposable, that you don't want to do that.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. I think that's the, the... reason why I skip forward is I know that you're not going to go, well, talk about what happened when he was walking down to the ring. Yeah. It's just going to be two minutes of him... <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, he's put his finger in there. Oh, one of these has done a fist. He's holding that belt up a long time. At least when like Paul Him was there, it was like, look at Paul Hame and doing a thing. <laughs> the only thing I did
2: like, uh, and it was at the end of the entrance, was Reigns doing his hand out for the mic, and Jimmy so just not paying any attention to it. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm, I, I, maybe I'm. Watching at straws or maybe even breadcrumbs because I'm like,
0: uh,
3: something's no. going on here. I'm not telling you there's a chance, but it does hearken like one of my favorite subgenres of like, like remember Third Eye on Soccer AM? Yeah. Like wrestling Third Eyes of people no-selling high fives and not even realising it. Yeah. Like it's great watching the wrestler go, eh! oh, their face just drops when they're all like trying to uh, style it out. Like, mm. so they will like, put the high five up, it gets completely missed. And then they just ball their fist and like, try, yeah, we were just celebrating <laughs> the whole time.
2: Uh, so Reigns does the whole Nashville acknowledge me. Uh, Crowd bloody loves it. Uh, they do, do a video package showcasing 508 days of Roman Reigns as champion, uh, beating Owens, Daniel Bryan, Edge, Cesaro, Mysterio, Cena, Balor, Lesnar, etc., etc. Um, they're looking very pleased themselves as this video finishes. Uh, Seth Rollins interrupts just as Roman Reigns is about to speak. Pat McAfee, who was on one, just yells, You son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> uh, out comes Rollins. He's uh, he's impressed as well by Roman Reigns' package. And uh, he says, look, it's no party without me being here. Well, what's this party for? Maybe we're celebrating Roman Reigns' record-breaking title reign that's about to come to an end. Um, he says, look, I-, I pointed out, Roman, last week, that you had everything handed to you. I meant it on a meta level. But you took it so bloody seriously. You had to send your cousins to do your dirty work on Monday Night Raw. Like, if you had a message for me, Roman, all you had to do is text. He's getting under his skin at this point. Um, and he says, hey, let's not forget about the Usos in all this. They're the ones who make everything that you do possible. It's just like me and, and Mox did when we were in the Shield for you.
3: Do not, Seth Rollins, Seth freaking Rollins, do not Mox me. It's because we're all very pleased to see Moxley back. Do not mocks me when last year Dean was apparently taking food off my table. Don't come out here and mocks me. I'm going to praise Seth Rollins later on for something on this show. But I did not care. You cannot have it both ways. Yeah. You can't. But yes, he's uh, he's
2: dropping hints. and he, Well, one of you Usos is just ready to kick his ass. And the other one... Maybe he's taking a little bit this in. Mm. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Reigns responds by just taking the piss, saying, "What did John Cena write that promo for you? Everything handed to me, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Um, he said, "Look, I know you bang on about these, but the match between you and I at the Rumble, you know that's going to be that's going to be just a straight up singles match. I don't need the Usos." And Rollins says, "All right, then. Well, if that's the case, how about I find a partner, I fight the Usos with that partner later, and if my team wins." The Usos are banned from ringside at the Royal Royal Rumble, and Rain sort of hesitates. And Jey Uso, who's yeah been been getting a bit knocked by this whole thing, would also take maybe taking a little bit in, accepts the challenge on Roman's behalf and says, "Doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to find a partner anyway." And Rollins says, "Yeah, about that." Kevin Owens' music hits. Snap! graggle, Huge bop for him. <laughs> Uh, and Re- Rain says, no, 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 I'm the one who makes the decisions. It's not it's not official until I say it's official. All right, you can have that match. If uh, if you beat the Usos, they're banned from ringside at the Royal Rumble. But If the Usos win, you lose that title shot at the Royal Rumble, and I'm going on vacation. And Rollins
3: eventually agreed
2: and wandered off with his best friend who we'll meet up with again in a bit.
3: I mean, on this podcast, we have uh, several times actually complemented the writing's effort, and I guess Roman's in his performance, his effort to protect the integrity of the Roman Reigns character. You like it's one thing to be a heel, it's one thing to be a dominant champion, it's quite another to maintain that idea that you're the smartest person in the room. It's also okay to get fooled once in a while because everybody does that's normal human behavior, so long as about 90% of the time you're across everything. If you're going to be the head of the table, you've got a He had to spot that Paul Heyman maybe wasn't quite on the up and up. Yeah, And when he did, did, things got edgy and things got testy. So I had faith in this main event that Roman Reigns wouldn't do the stupidest possible thing because that's just (laughs) not in his character. But more on that later. (laughs) Uh, And when we came back from the break,
2: uh, happy Corbin, Mad Cat Moss there in the ring. Uh, They're talking about the run that they've been on. Uh, Mad Cat Moss beating Kofi Kingston last week. Killing Drew McIntyre as well prior to that. Uh, Mad Cat Moss had a joke about um, if Kofi, and obviously with, with uh, Kingwoods not being there, if Kofi uh, started a Garth Brooks cover band, he'd sing Friends in No Places. I mean, the poo poo day level was, was not reached here. <laughs>
3: poo! We didn't talk about poo, did we? That was Paul Sidrick's uh, week that's on that's SmackDown. I put it
2: over. I said it was one of the best jokes he's ever told. Poo day. It's a poo day. Yes, it is. So this wasn't quite up to that no, level. But, you know, it's Royal Rumble season. It's the one time of the year that uh, stars from
3: well, the other shows it, can show it? up
2: because Kofi brought out Big E to, to stand ringside for his match against Mad Cat Moss.
3: Same angle, two segments in a row. We pick on this whenever we can. I, I know WWE just isn't held to standards anymore, but this is pretty ridiculous that they did this back-to-back. Like they carpooled, but, probably. There was the <laughs> opening segment with the guys from Raw. Did they even on commentary, I didn't pick up quarterly brand-to-brand invitational, no, so they, just, they just said Royal Rumble it, fever. They hasn't said it? it's
2: Royal Rumble season, so yeah. people can show up on other shows. I
3: this is going to sound very Kofi Kingston crushing the pancakes. However, I quite like that Big E, who I believe last week you toasted the anniversary of the uh, Goldberg promo. Indeed, Goldberg isn't doing that lately. Yeah, he's, uh, he's pissed off that he's lost his WWE title, and because he's winning the Rumble, this is why. Well. You know it's okay to be optimistic because he at least is making you believe that he yeah. is. I think I think that either they're working on something with him or he is performing something with the hope of willing it into existence. Exactly. But yeah. I don't think that is wasted energy. I, like I'm, I'm not seeing happy-go-lucky Big E because right now what's he got to be happy-go-lucky about?
2: But I can also see him, you know, in the group chat in the new day Poo Day group chat. <laughs> you know, Xavier Woods is like. Sorry, lads, I'm out for a bit with an injury. Kof, you're sort of on your own on Friday nights. And after what happened last week... Oh, 100%. He goes, well, I can pop over. Yeah. Uh, I'm allowed now seeing it is Royal Rumble season.
3: Biggie, big friend of us, big friend of the channel. I wouldn't want to, like, ask him to violate his best mate's trust. But if he wants to send us a screenshot of their group chat that's been renamed Poo Day, I, uh, I welcome that at my conflict.
2: Uh, so then we got the match. It was Mad Cat Moss against Kofi Kingston. Um, back and forth affair early on. I do really think Mad Cat Moss has got something about him. He's it's without. Not, it's not a attire. No, but he. I mean, look at him first of all, and you can tell that he's going to probably go far within this company. But also, I don't know. I don't know whether it's just that bit where he goes to tackle someone in the corner and takes a really rough bump off the turnbuckle yeah. every time. And it. it, it you look at it in slow motion. It is safe. But he didn't half throw himself into it.
3: He was a football guy, wasn't he? So yeah. I, don't, like, I don't know what our American listeners have to tell us, whether or not his position marries up with what he does in the ring. But we just associate that with throwing yourself into tackles and letting your bodies fly mm-hmm. everywhere. So, I, 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 I don't, like, back and forth is as WB as it gets at this point, isn't yes. it? Because Everything is back and forth. Everything follows the same beat. And Madcap Moss... If he has got if he has got potential beyond that he has got very good luck, you're right. His body is good. I'm not seeing it because I feel like it's been stifled out of him by this sort of formula stuff. I'm yet to see a single Mad Cat Moss match that I would want to watch again. This do you, included.
2: Do you know what is, the football team he played for was called? Go on. So he tried out for the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh fins up. Famous, famous uh Ace Ventura football team. Hence why they're Phil Chambers' favourites. Right. But he played for the Minnesota Golden Gophers.
3: Oh. <laughs> were they. Hang on. Now, obviously, we were thinking, you and I were both thinking Minnesota Vikings there, don't we? with our mm-hmm. limited knowledge of American football. Are they at the collegiate level? Because we. College football is big, isn't it? Oh, what have you found?
2: <laughs> Sorry. I The really Golden Gophers. Should, really should. Uh, yeah, college football, University of Minnesota, as okay. you said. Uh, you've probably figured this out by now, but uh, I've just found a picture of their mascot. Oh, here we
3: go. Goldie Gopher.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> what's he got uh, on his uh, hand, Wilborn? Can you describe that for our listeners in, I don't know, pick a catchphrase out of thin air. How would you describe what he's wearing in the on his Wikipedia picture? If you go to, what's he called? Goldie the uh, Goldie Goldie Gofer. Goldie Gopher. What would you describe to our listeners that he is wearing on his paw? What kind of ring? A <laughs> oh, beautiful
2: done ring. <laughs> I'm just reading more about like Goldie Gopher here. Is
3: He's snowboarding down some steps there? Yep. Yep.
2: That was a women's volleyball game, of course. No, God,
3: yeah. Goldie Gopher gets about.
2: Right anyway, back to the match. Um <laughs> it looks like Kobe the Ke- might win. He's hit a boom drop, he's setting up the trouble in paradise, but of course. Uh, Happy Corbin causes a distraction that allows Moss to take over. Chuck Kingston out to the floor, tries to throw him into the steps. Kingston jumps over them, jumps over the steps, uh, and Cappy <coughs> Corbin coming back to take out Moss, and Big E chucks Happy Corbin into the steps to take us into a break. When we come back, Kingston's in control. Moss fights back, though. His spine buster stomps Kingston in the corner, uh, throws Kingston back into it as he drags him out, but then Kingston hit, runs up it, hits a hurricane runner onto uh, Riddick Moss. was about to call him He's that Mad Cat Moss Moss slams him down and then suddenly as he runs off the ropes Mad Cat Moss Kingston hits the trouble in Paradise out of nowhere for the victory post-match Big E gets in offers Happy Corbin to come in and save his mate and when he doesn't just nails Moss with a big ending just to really put that exclamation point on it
3: all I could think about in this and maybe maybe this is fine actually was trying to and I haven't arrived at this yet so don't ask me Trying to work out how they use Madcap Moss's gimmick to feed into Kofi's elimination escape this year. Mm. They're feuding, effectively. Like is Madcap Moss going to be on the apron? Cody's gonna be thrown over the top rope and then uses his braces to get back in the ring or something. Like is Mad Cat Oh, Cap, yeah. Is Madcap Moss gonna-like
2: oh, that and it springs back onto his nipples. <laughs> <laughs> oh <Ooh>, nips! <minutes.
3: laughs> he'll be in the rumble. He'll be fine, fine, fine.
2: Stop looking at Goldie Goffin. In 1985, a fierce-looking mega-rodent appeared <laughs> with a barrel chest, clown feet, and sinister eyes. This look didn't last long, and Goldie soon again became a lovable, friendly character. Hang so on. he turned heel brave briefly Wait, in 1985.
3: 1985, describe, give
2: us that description again. A mega-rodent, yep. barrel chest, yep. clown feet, yep. sinister eyes.
3: I mean, that's like pretty much Vincent Mann's description of the Iron Sheet character, and he was at WrestleMania 1 in 1985.
2: The Gopher of the seventies and eighties was comparable in appearance to a teddy bear,
3: a favourite of children and grandmothers. What's
2: the what's the why the
3: what Go, Minnesota did you say? Mm-hmm. They're going to work Minnesota. Goldie Gopher sounds like he's part of Madcap Moss's entourage. It's the alliteration thing, isn't it? He's going to be there, September
2: twenty uh, Goldie Gopher's birthday, Goldie Gopher Day. So, Supposedly, if someone wants to rub Goldie's front teeth, it will bring him good luck. 95 grand they spent on a statue. I need to find this statue now. The 23rd of September, did you say? Uh huh.
3: This could be, we might have uncovered the most LTST law moment in this podcast history, and there has been plenty, has there not?
2: Goldie Go for That statue. Oh,
3: man, I was so close. We nearly had this. Have <laughs> you
2: seen this statue?
3: What? <laughs>
2: hey. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Me chilling on the lettering. <laughs> on an M. I thought for a second, Goldie Gopher's birthday was the original Rusev day. But it was <laughs> it was three days out. September 26th was the original Rusev day. And I thought, like, well, maybe that's why Vince thinks it's a comedy gimmick. Hmm. So i just give you the same birthday as a gopher. <laughs> why?
2: Uh, he lost out to Zippy, uh, who's the kangaroo mascot of Zippy Marsupial, University of Akron.
3: Hang on. Apparently. Hang on. Zippy the Marsupial. Instead of Skippy the Kangaroo,
2: he has got the cold dead eyes of a killer.
3: (laughs) Tweet it, man! Listen, podcasts are an audio medium. People do not listen to like listen to us chuckling along at your Google image searches because believe me, we will chuckle. You're gonna have to tweet these with the podcast underneath. Thread them, Goldie Gopher, Zippy the Marsupial. and
2: sorry that's just a, a, a cartoon there of two American football players running down to tackle a kangaroo
3: who's that guy? who's this guy? what have we got here?
2: Jesus what's he been taking? hang on sorry I realised we will get back to <laughs> <laughs> there's Pistol Pete Pistol Pete yeah I've seen Pistol Pete right, next Purdue Pete
3: Purdue Pete The Purdue Boilermakers (laughs)
2: That's number three Clemson Tigers What's it called? He's had a weekend hasn't he And
3: The Nittany Lion (laughs) Probably
2: run out of money Anyway Yeah Kofi won Yeah Cool. Uh, we got a recap of uh, Aaliyah and Natalia from last week and the, the 3.17 second record-breaking victory. And uh, in the midst of all this, they also introduced WWE legend Summer Rae sitting at ringside, which apparently riled a lot of people up on social media.
3: What? I don't, I didn't see this grief, but uh, we were talking about this in the office morning. What do you expect exactly WWE to bill its returning wrestlers as? Do you want to be like sort of like... Also ran Total Divas season three star, who we didn't really push. Ex briefly the ex of Rusev. It's Summer Rae! And she brought the fish with her. Yeah, aye, like the aye. Stop being dicks. Everybody. Uh, and, and they're attempting a bit of LTST. You know, to be fair, summer in Italia. They they're like clinging on to something there, dropping a little hook for the Royal Rumble. Innocent enough. Leave them all alone. Yeah. I mean the match itself was crap, but Yeah, it was useless. They
2: at least tried to be like, oh, Natalia says it should be her world record because she's the one who got pinned.
3: I mean, you know, this action peaked at three minutes, 3.17 seconds. Yes, Uh, this match went two minutes,
2: uh, arguably, or two minutes nine seconds, according to my notes here. Arguably, two minutes and six seconds too long. Um, Yeah, Natalia jumps Aaliyah to start off the match. Aaliyah rolls her up, gets a near fall. Natalia fights back, discus lariat, that gets her a near fall. And then she gets uh, DQ'd for for kicking too much ass. Wouldn't stop stomping on Natalia in the corner. And who should make the save? Not Summer Rae, but a returning Zaya Lee.
3: She's back. From working out shows with Natalia. Here, people are barking up the wrong tree with this uh, Natalia thing. Everybody has seen that she keeps mentioning that she's a Guinness World Record holder and then you have a match time thing like that and everybody says, Ah, oh, it's handy. Royal Rumble season when mm-hmm. in-ring... They're, they're missing the point. They're looking at the wrong bit. They're seeing world record I'm seeing Guinness who returned just last night on uh, the world GCW hornswoggle who was killed by one of Natalia's farts hornswoggle <laughs> who's going to be sat there backstage oh, I got a package from Guinness for breaking a world record what have they sent me free Guinness and she's going to go and open the box all the Guinness is gone and then a pissed horn swaggle in the middle of the Women's Royal Rumble, <laughs> which he's been in before, yeah. LTST, is going to stagger out. He's going to have a Guinness mustache around himself. All the and then Natalie's going to be like, You drank all my Guinness. And then Summer Rae is going to leap up behind her and tip her over the top rope. Fantastic. Why, no why are people booking? Why are people lazily go into times for their mm-hmm. rumble booking when it's right there in front of you? Come on, WWE. <laughs> do the Guinness bit.
2: Um, Pat McAfee continued his uh, wild night by. Talking about how stupendous a two-night WrestleMania is going to be. They've a really people,
3: a lot of people are talking about how stupendous this WrestleMania is going to be in there. If they've uh, really gone, and, gone in for it, and he just read
2: out other words for stupendous and Cole bloody on the hilarious.
3: Logo. They put big time on the WrestleMania 22 logo. I want them to put stupendous on this one. I'll give him. I'll give him this. That Peter Gabriel song's an absolute. Oh, it was banger. fantastic. But try I'm and imagine. All my way, I'm making it. We're, we're six days out from WrestleMania, and bloody. Roman Reigns has stood there staring down number one contender Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> and he's going to have to say like the ass whipping I lay on you is going to be stupendous, and that's the bottom line. And you could have like Randy being like stu-
2: stu- stupendous, not stupid. <laughs> anyway, Lost Authoritys versus Viking Raiders. Who were there? The, a lot of a lot of matches on this show where you could tell the result was which result was coming here.
3: Yes. Real, just lost say like a real Aew flavor it, but that would be a lie
2: uh, lostarios versus the new number one contenders the mm. Viking Raiders uh and they just battered him basically Eric chucked Ivar into Umberto they did have a brief flurry a blind tag to Angel. um double basement drop kick gets him an earfall uh Eric fights back though hits Humberto with a knee Ivar comes in runs wild hit a spinning heel kick it he, Every time he just mm-hmm. does something that you're like, you're not supposed to do that. He still gets me. So you watch it, you watch it
3: like you're Broxy and Keith Lee. Come on, oh, big boy. Yeah. Uh,
2: and then Eric got both of them, sort of powerbomb in the world's strongest slam position, slammed him down. Viking experience on Umberto. Yeah, straightforward victory for the number one contenders.
3: Too straightforward for me, Jeff. It's They can't tell stories. So um, you just get this, that you already know what was going to happen. You've been told it from the week before. You... Especially now with rumble season, as you say, like, a lot of stuff feels on pause, doesn't it? I, I, impossible to care. Impossible to care.
0: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello. Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
2: Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now we all carry around different stresses. They can be. A try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash WhatCulture today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com/slash WhatCulture. Well, I'll tell you what you care about, and it came next, and it is the continued screw job. Of Naomi by Sonia Deville. Um, as mentioned last week, uh, they're going to run it back. Charlotte Flair versus Naomi. Sort of championship contenders match. And they come down and set up. And then just before the match can begin, Sonia Deville, to be fair, correctly, kicks Lil Nate Charles Robinson, out of these job as, as referee of this match. and And takes his shirt off. I felt certain they were going to say to Charles Robinson, Yeah, don't put an undershirt on underneath that referee Mm -hmm. shirt as we can see. You tell me. But thankfully, he did. Um, And Sonia Deville assumed the position of referee. Naomi sort of rolls her eyes and goes, Yep, cool. Figures. Um, I did like the bit where she was like, Oh, for. And Charlotte just went out of the way, Sonia, and just. (laughs) absolutely forearm Naomi's head off Uh, she batters Naomi chops Um, Naomi does fight back and kick her in the head but Flair just grabs her puts her in the Boston Crab Um, Naomi tries to escape Flair puts on the uh, figure 4 leg lock I like the bit where Sonya Deville was effectively stood between Naomi and the ropes going what are you going to do eh Uh, but she fights out of it she kicks Flair off Flair knocks into Deville who spills out to the floor Then, as she's recovering on the outside, Sonia DeVille, that is, um, Flair goes at Naomi, who hits her with the rear view, and gets the visible well, six count, I think uh, Michael Cole said on commentary. Um, But DeVille gets in, Naomi's shouting at her, of course, for for screwing her out of it. That allows Flair to attack, put her in the figure eight, and before Naomi can even attempt to get to the ropes or submit, uh, Sonia DeVille calls to the bell. Pat McAfee drops a Bret Hart reference, and uh, surprise, surprise, this thing rolls on. But as much as I was like, oh, figures, yeah, here we go again. I do like it that, that they are just continuously <laughs> screwing Naomi. And even the authority <laughs> figures are now like, yeah, it's kind of out of order, that.
3: Yeah. Um The match was nothing because it couldn't be because it was the backdrop to the angle. You know, it had a great angle, match a few weeks. Back. Angle more than a match. It couldn't compete with that one, could it? What year did you start Gaudy, Goldie Goldie golfer? Like came out know, 1985. That was when he when he became a heel. I think right. for a right. Same week that Sonya Deville and Naomi's feud started. <laughs> um, I just cannot take any more of this. There was a network exclusive after the show because because we do the work at what culture and I watched those two <laughs> where uh, Sonya Deville was on the phone to somebody panicking. We don't know who that somebody was saying. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how this has happened. I don't know what's gonna like what I'm gonna do about this. Like jump head, sorry, about the the match yeah. they're going to have to have, which we've had advertised before, by the way. Like This is a repeated story. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonny Deville doesn't know what she's going to do. Like, why put yourself in that position in the first place? What what, what did you expect was going to be the consequences <laughs> from a hundred million weeks of screwing with somebody? I just wish this all wasn't so thick because I like most of the... I like Naomi Anderville. I want better for them. Mm. And this feels super, super played. My daft Silly fantasy booking idea from Friday's preview. Go back and listen to it, 80 podcast if you want to. Might yet still come true mm-hmm. about what Sonia Deville's doing, if not here at the Royal Rumble. It's just so played out, man. So played out.
2: Yeah, get, get to the point with that mm. question. Uh, we're backstage with... Hi, Kyla! Uh, who's chatting with best friends, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Uh, she asks a question to Seth, thinking, it's a is this a good idea to risk it all for this? And Kevin Owens answers the questions for him after asking if that's okay, of course. It uh, says, look, I'd be universal champion. I'd be the one breaking records if it wasn't for the Usos. Uh, and the thought of them doing something like what they did to him, to Seth Rollins, that tears him up inside. It's his best friend. And, you know, Rollins is really happy that Owens has been going to therapy or whatever. <laughs> and he says, become an honest man now. He says, look, the, the stakes are huge, uh, but the reward is worth the risk. And he says, look, one on one, we always know what happens when I face Roman Reigns. And we just got to do that tonight. And he walks off and then Owens goes, I better go and head off and prep with my best friends.
3: Love it. Love them. Love this. Don't care that elements of it are them borrowed outright stolen from the Kevin Owens-Chris Jericho friendship because I love that too. Um,
2: Someone tweeted us on the news today saying, oh, do you think Owens is going to cost Rollins at the Rumble? And I said, I hope not. I want them to win tag titles at
3: WrestleMania. Yeah, this has got a long way to travel. Um with it being WrestleMania season, the easy thing to look at is I'll split them up before that and you do the singles match and fine. Like, they've had a pretty good WrestleMania match in the empty performance mm-hmm. end, if you remember. Owens jumps off a thing. But I, I'm i not in any mood for this to no. stop. Like, it's they're kind of... There's n- I mean, no rush for them to get, get to whatever's next for these two. It's tricky, isn't it? Because they're either just getting going or they're heating up to split them up. And it's never going to get to maybe them sticking at it. But really, do we need... Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens in singles programs anytime soon. Yeah. Like the roster always feels bloated. If anything, you're kind of taking them out of that chase to do something new for a change. And you can see that for, for the first time in ages for both of them, they look and feel creatively fulfilled yes. by this. Every This promo would never generate conversation on a, um, a review of one of these WWE shows if it's just your standard commoner garden and tonight in this very ring, blah, 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 blah. But they're inserting all the little touches. Like the my best friend stuff is still funny. Like they know that that's a, a killer line at the moment. Owens getting on the plane on the off chance that Seth needed help because he remembers that the Usos screwed him is like decent. Yeah. Like an attempt at least to adhere to something that's happened before, a decent attempt at continuity. So yeah, like I
2: like this a lot. And we've pointed out on numerous occasions there's not exactly many other, no offense to the Viking Radiance tag teams queuing up to take those titles off the Usos.
3: Not ones that can, jumping ahead a little bit, not ones that can have, considering what the finish was going to be, like a pretty good match. Oh, I love that main event like, they threw, All four of them like went full beans on it, knowing that that was going to be the ending. Mm. Like I think that was almost a bit of a statement from Owens and I Rollins agree. that uh, we're in this for the long haul, if you're willing to give us it. Uh, this was a show packed with WWE legends. Next up, we saw Kid
2: Rock sitting at ringside. Oof.
3: Can we talk about the big legend? The, can we talk about the main musical headliner act of the show because it isn't Kid Rock. Is it that country star whose name I forgot to write down? Well, I mean, I can spell it for
2: you. Okay. No, it's not that one I'm not thinking of. On <laughs> I also thought it was interesting oh, yeah, that, they, that had, they had uh, Kevin Owens talking about Seth Rollins and his best mate and, you know, them teaming up together. And then immediately followed, effectively, by Sammy Zayn's segment. <laughs> um, Sammy Zayn, the only man who can make this work, yep. basically, he comes out, it's another episode of insane uh, and he talks about <laughs> the fact that Johnny Knoxville first gained fame through te- testing self-defense weapons on himself, and uh, yeah, once again, he's going to prove anything Johnny can do, he can do better, he can be more of a jackass, basically. Uh, and he starts off with a stun gun, uh, one that can, on its highest setting, put down a rhinoceros, in his words, uh, and uh, he... Turns it to the first setting and then holds it near his leg. <laughs> and an electric electricity sound effect goes off and he goes, Oh, oh, that's smart.
3: <laughs> PA man.
2: It's literally like that. He uh he does it, does it to the next level and he goes, Oh, let's crack this one up. Uh, let's do straight to the heart. <laughs> and it, it it says this this put Knoxville down properly. And it does tend to knock him off his feet, but he's he's still like, oh. Oh goodness me. Oh there. Boy, boy boy. Uh and he's just about to go for the for the for the big finish when the infamous Jackass theme plays, and out comes Johnny Knoxville to a hero's reception, mm. it's fair to say. Uh he's not happy with Sami Zayn, mocking his career. Uh and yeah, taking everything that he's worked for, in the words of Nate Diaz, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and he says, Look. Isn't you really doing this right? Let me have a look. Oh, someone's forgot to turn the stun gun on. Don't worry. I've turned it on now. Let's test it for you. And again, electricity sound effect like plays with the speakers, but this time we'll just pretend that Sami Zayn has been uh, yeah, electrocuted by Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> puts him down. Um, Sami Zayn can barely, barely move. Johnny Knoxville says, Hey, hey, come on, guys. Like, let's help the man up. He helps him up. He sort of Taps him on the cheek. You're all right, pal. Props him up against the ropes. And then he says, see you at the Rumble. Hoys him over the top rope. I love this feud ends of the Rumble.
3: Yeah, me too. I'm big into Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn as a mini program for the Rumble. I, the movie's coming out first week of February. So it genuinely could be, the whole thing could be peeking at the Rumble to promote the movie to never be seen again. But it is WrestleMania season. So celebrities being around, they could be. And they always wanted a jackass. They did though. like this might be them getting that out of the system. Not to jump ahead a little bit here, um, you, like you've covered everything in a way. There's not much. It's really daft, funny physical comedy. <laughs> that I recommend people if they just listen to this to find out what happened on SmackDown. Go back and give this a watch It's quite funny. Sami Zayn really puts Gusto into this. Like l- jumping ahead slightly, uh, Eric Bischoff is going to appear later on. Yeah, and I just wish that like in 2002, like he'd they'd done the reveal of the Justice of the Peace makeup coming off. Because I loved him coming out here and saying, in my
2: career, the are mocking." Yeah, you see... Three
3: minutes. <laughs> Let me put the difficulty setting up <laughs> on the gun. I wish they'd seen him take the makeup off again before, because you see him here in his just of the peace gear coming out and throwing Sami Zayn out the <laughs> ring, and then you see him ten minutes later, nah, Look, everybody gets old, It's absolutely fine, and there's nothing wrong at least. wears it well, doesn't he, Knoxville? He does, you know, and, like, it's hard to wear watching NXT 2.0 well. <laughs> and he does it. He does do it. I, look, I can take the piss all I want. I'm the oldest man at Water Culture and I'm going to be paying the money to see his films. <laughs> like he always wins. Um so then we got actually Eric Bischoff mm. backstage
2: with with uh, Postman Pierce, uh, encouraging him to be more more definitive, let's mm. say, when it when it comes to his management of uh, of Friday Night SmackDown in particular. He's giving him some advice basically. Uh, in comes Sonia Deville. Uh, a little bit sheepishly. She didn't realise that Bischoff was here, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, yeah, Postman Pierce said, I think. You did kind of cross the line, to be honest, tonight. Um, this stuff between you and Naomi has to stop. So you know what? Next week, you, Sonia De- you Sonia Deville, that's who you are, <laughs> versus Naomi, one-on-one. Uh, Eric Bischoff loves this new management style coming from Postman Pierce. And like you say, Sonia Deville looks a little bit concerned. She hasn't quite got a scheme going yet.
3: Couple of quick things on this. Eric Bischoff... Is he's got a ranch, hasn't he? He lives in Wyoming. My mm. well, American geography is not amazing, but Wyoming and um, Tennessee, and uh, not like Wisconsin, should I say? Mm. Is it Wisconsin? Anyway, Nashville. There, Wyoming right? is. Uh, yeah, Wyoming yeah. is a state as well. I think. God, this yes, is, this is embarrassing. Wyoming is a state. During lockdown, you know, I learned all the fifty states. Did you? Just, yeah, just, i forgot forgotten all already. All those skills that you could pick up when you've got nothing else to do but like stare at the wall <laughs> and screen and yeah. Anyway, yeah, so Wyoming we'll always have Rocket League. We'll always have Rocket League. Wyoming and Tennessee and are, are not like five minutes away. And I know Eric Bischoff can fly a plane. But is this like why was he there? You should mention that more. Is this <laughs> is this a longer term thing? Like is he is he gonna come in and like who watches the watchman? Eric Bischoff. I've stolen that from Fiend's mind (laughs) his tweet is really making me laugh but like is this sort of an internal moderation system going on within the corridors of power of the GMM general manager manager yeah the assistant to the general manager like is he going to come in and just get on Postman Pierce's shoulder and say look you need to and then when Postman Pierce does something bad Mm. get in Sonia Deville's ear and say look and and then he kind of takes over the role he has been negging Tony Khan quite a lot on for, for clicks and stuff lately and you know maybe that's gone down well in uh, in in Titan. Maybe they maybe they're liking that. Yeah, because um, why was he? There was no explanation, was there?
2: I mean, like all the other legends sort of made sense. Yeah, it's Kid Rock
3: aside. Well, ten- Tennessee. No. He's a Tennessee guy, isn't he? I think. Like so. Hopefully, I love Bischoff. I like him. I think he's a great like a great performer. I would welcome him back on screen for more than just one of those legends parties. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope we get one of those soon. Yeah. We're missing one of them. Uh, then we got Sheamus versus Ricochet.
2: Ridge, bloody Holland, back at ringside for Sheamus. Um, this was sort of a condensed, crappier version of the match that they've had before. I, I'll admit, I love watching Sheamus beat up Ricochet. And mm. I love Ricochet as well. Um, one-armed, tilt-a-whirl, backbreaker early on. That popped me and the commentary team quite rightly. Um, Ricochet hits a standing drop kick. Sheamus hits the Irish curse backbreaker. Ricochet dodges the Bro kick, drop kicks off the middle turnbuckle, goes for a suicide dive to the outside. Sheamus sees it coming and just nails him with a jumping knee. Gets back into the ring and then especially for Ridge Bloody Holland hits him with a Bro kick and gets the victory in, uh, in around sort of three minutes.
3: I have to say, the match the other week was pretty good um, for a WWE TV match, but it also ended definitively, as did this one. Does, like, Ricochet eliminate Seamus? Because I can't remember another Royal Rumble where Ricochet was involved in a pretty big elimination that <laughs> led to absolutely jack in spite of what everybody thought. So, like, is that is that the, the play here? Like, Seamus has really... Well, it didn't lead to jack shit. It led to a very brief Saudi Arabia Well, I was going to say, it led to worse than jack shit. It led to flying all the way over there, to be buried in jack shit. Like, I, like does this lead to them saying, oh, like oh, the Rumble, Oh, like Seamus has really had Ricochet's number lately and then Ricochet eliminates him. Bro, so kick they, over so the top So they can have road. another TV match that goes, like it's, it's matches to build matches and it only ever gets worse. But
2: if it's right, matches to fill time and it's got Ricochet and Seamus in it, as much as it's not as good as the last match they had, I thought, hmm. I do just like watching these two work.
3: Dude, we had the, like, Seamus and Ridge Bloody Holland versus Ricochet and Seamus uh, Ricochet and Cesaro, Cesaro yeah. one of it's just a lot of it isn't it mm. a lot of the same but he
2: just you know it, like uh, Ricochet is just very good at taking a broke kick basically he is very good at taking a broke kick
3: he is I just think you know I was a bit I'd had, an, I'd had, my, I'd had my fill yeah. with Cody Andrade having four matches not Cody Andrade but Cody and Alsa Black having yeah. four matches and it's like oh, but at least that was over like an eight week period <laughs> <laughs> i have had four in January after these. Uh, right,
2: I think that's it. I think it's just main event time now, isn't it? What? Nothing missed out, is there? What? Oh yes, sorry, Rick Boogs. Who's had a haircut? Yes, it's more like bloody Rick Rude even more now. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. They're walking backstage, and who should they bump into? Jeff bloody Jarrett. That's J E double f ha
3: ha J-A-double-R-E-double-T working there. G-C-W, 24 hours after the WWE because there is nobody oh better God than God Jeff Jarrett God in this game. So <laughs> maybe Kevin Nash, there are levels to this. He is so good. He's got to be in the Rumble. What was so great about this, right, it's so obviously he's left WWE, he's going out alone, he's better than The Undertaker ever was for G-C-W, don't at me, or do because I'm right. Coming in as the last outlaw and dressing like the Shield. And... Even when he gets the call from WWE, oh, we're we're in your hometown, what does he do? He doesn't try and sell the GCW gimmick. No, 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 that's the indie thing. He comes in in his Hall of Fame refinery. He'll be the exact Jeff Jarrett Vincent Mann wants him to be, because if you're going to set up a third company, you need to keep all parties (laughs) sweet. Jeff Wrestling 2023, I love this man. I love, like, he, he worked, for those that don't care about indie wrestling or anything, last night. He worked a reasonably well-publicized GCW match on a show that had a lot of buzz in the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City um, where he is playing a last outlaw character. He's playing like a sort of dark version of himself. He wears trousers and a vest. He does actually look like what Dean Ambrose used to wear in The Shield. But the most important thing is his guitar is black. Um, (laughs) He smashes it over losers' heads and he's got like this slowed-down, terrifying version of his It's great, man. If you're a Jarrett guy, it's just premium content. And uh, now I want him to be in the Rumble in his 1995 gear with those little straps. Yeah, like, me too. It's just, this, was, this was such a ludicrous cameo from one of the only people that could pull such a thing off. I also like that the, the, the writers thought the funny
2: thing would be him to say, who are you? And him saying, Rick Boogs. Yeah. And then him to say, sorry, can you spell the name? And then we continue. The funniest part, actually, was Rick Boogs having to play his guitar so Jeff Jarrett could say, oh, I like the way you play your guitar there. But it was an electric guitar and it wasn't plugged in. So it was like... <laughs> I can't quite hear. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm,
3: can I just uh, sit a little bit
2: closer? Oh, great guitar in that.
3: You can't hear a thing. I can barely hear it, and I'm next to it. It was absolutely begging for Jarrett to be like, no, 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 no let me play. And then it was like the acoustic on, wasn't it? It was begging for yeah. Boogs to just take a headshot at you. You just got to feel like when Boogs comes out, Jarrett's going to be the next one out, isn't he? Well, like. They had a boogs. And then Scottie
2: one. Oh, is going to come out and play a, guitar and have a dance.
3: They had a boogs. They had a mucky boogs. He was called Elias. And they did that exact spot at the Rumble three years ago. That, so it's going to be Boogs,
2: Jarrett, Elias. One, two, three in the Rumble.
3: Oh, I thought he meant final three. <laughs> I'll take it.
2: Said so said if anyone's going to take this title off for Roman Reigns, it's going to be Rick Boog. Jarrett pointing at the time with his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, main event time. It was the Usos versus Seth. Freaking Rollins and Kevin Owens. Uh, again, if uh, Rollins and Owens lose, then uh, Rollins loses his shot at the Rumble. If the Usos lose, they are banned from ringside. And they had a really enjoyable match, I mm-hmm. thought. Um, the Usos early on use their tag team now to isolate Seth Rollins and kick the shit out of him in the corner. He fights back, gets Jimmy into his own corner, uh, and him and Owens work together. He uh, hits Jimmy with a clothesline. Owens comes in, sent on, knocks Jay off the apron, cannonball in the corner. Um, the Usos though, they regain control. Jay hits Owens with a super kick at ringside. Rollins gets the hot tag, runs wild, sends the Usos to the floor and hits a beautiful sort of wild, but still sort of controlled suicide dive onto both of them to take them both out. Um, then following that, Rollins hit a springboard knee. That gets him a near fall. Jay fights back. Hits a back suplex into a neckbreaker. That gets him a two count. Uh, Rollins buckle bombs Jay, but Jay, Jimmy makes the blind tag, uh, and they hit an assisted Samoan drop for a nice near fall too. Owens comes in, pop up, powerball on Jimmy Uso. That gets a two count. He climbs up top. Jimmy cuts him off. Jimmy tries to superplex him. Owens turns him into that beautiful fisherman's buster reversal that he uses. Um, and then it's time for them all to sort of hit finishes on each other. Jimmy Uso hits Rollins with a super kick. Uh, Owens avoids the superkick from Jey Uso, hits him with a stunner, and then Jimmy catches Owens right on the chin with a superkick. That allows Rollins to uh, recover. He hits Jimmy with a superkick himself, sets up with a stomp. Uh, Looks like he's going to stomp him, pin him, job done, win the match. When in slides Roman Reigns and inexplicably Superman punches, not his cousins, to win them the match via DQ and mean he can have a vacation and not have to wrestle at the Royal Rumble. Instead, he Superman punches Seth Rollins. DQ victory for Rollins and Owens. That means, of course, that the Usos are banned from ringside at the Royal Rumble. Michael Cole tries to explain that, well, Seth Rollins was about to win anyway, so he might as well have done that. Of course, it's completely bloody stupid and backwards, but an excellent main event right up until the finish, I thought.
3: Yeah, what a crushing disappointment of a finish for what was an otherwise tremendous main event. Um... Owens and Rollins double teams, uh, sort of the kind of brilliant that look like they've been doing them together for years, yeah. which is really weird, but nice for this story that they're telling with them as the they're, they're best friends, where you're fully aware that they're not really best friends, but they've got means to an end right now. And you, how they're putting this together in the matches is really quite impressive. A fantastic dynamic between them and the Usos, and it was really nice to watch. Is it possible that for a team that wrestle all the time and have had countless good matches, the Usos are a kind of unique kind of underrated where you take them for granted to such a degree. Like we all did with, like, day, you know, a preview in the day one match against the New Day. Mm. And it's just, you just do. You sort of default saying, it's like, "Where's well, New Day, Usos, it's going to be great. Blah, blah, blah. And then on the night, oh, yeah, it was New Day, so it was really great. Blah, blah, blah. And it, it's WWE, it has that effect on you, where like it's kind of a masking agent almost. Mm. And then when you see them against the team for the first time, you go, like, oh, it's the Usos, man, <laughs> yeah. Because you haven't quite seen them go through every bit of the playbook just yet. And I think that was one of the reasons why this match worked as well. as It did. The stakes, for a bit, helped yeah. as well. You know, that, like, I'm not going to lie and say that there wasn't... The fans weren't up for this and up for seeing it play out, and it, it, it kind of did matter. Because um, what Roman Reigns has done, because he's going to win at the Rumble, but what Roman Reigns has effectively done is promised us a match as boring as the big E one at the Survivor Series, and that didn't have the use of those running from either. <laughs> like, I don't relish this mano y mano thing, because, like, you kind of want a bit of that drama at the end with the Roman matches. They're starting to sag a bit. Um, and, ah, oh, what a thick... Thick character choice. I I get the impression that this is gonna be one of them times that like Bruce Pritchard will hop on with Conrad and bollock us off for like oh well, maybe if you just let it play out you'll see that it's actually gonna make loads of sense in the end. It's like, yeah, but it's it needs to make sense now. You need to do both. If yeah, you, I think the R next week can come out and go like, You fans were stupid because you didn't see my grand plan. My grand plan is actually and it's like, well, I but like execute it in a more smart fashion in the first place. And then we the might only, have the patience. Yeah, the
2: only the only justification for it, because there's no sense in him saying, Oh, I did this deliberately, mm-hmm. is Seferon has just wound him up so much over the past few weeks, he's like, you know what? I don't care if they get banned from ringside. inside. This is the only chance I'm gonna get to chin him with no repercussions. Mm-hmm. I.e., he's not gonna be fresh as a daisy and be able to fight back. I just have to punch that smug smile off his face because he was you know, taunting in the corner. There's not, you know, he's he's not just going to hit the stomp out of nowhere. He's hit the super kick, and he's like, everyone else is down. I'm about to win, and he's like, no bollocks. I can't handle this anymore. He's he's run away from me last week. He's <laughs> dropped all these lines on me. He's he's baited me in, and the, my my cousins into putting this stipulation on. I just have to. I don't yeah. care what it costs, but it's completely illogical if you're trying to make it a, a smart move from Roman.
3: You made the point at the start of this podcast that you could have been looking to things that weren't there between, like, the tension between the ESOs and Roman Reigns, right? Would this not have plugged into that if Roman had smashed one of them in the face? And then the next week, it's, I you know why? It's nothing, per- I, I, but it's like, all right, fair enough, but you didn't need to smash me that hard in the face. Mm. Like, you could have pulled my leg. You know, you could have, like, you could have just tripped me up, and that would have been the DQ. And it, Roman does something ri- excessively violent, like a <laughs> spear or a Superman punch, because he wants to flex over, you know, one of the ESOs. I read something in um, a book I was reading at the weekend, and it was by James Manos Jr., who was like somebody that worked on Sopranos for years and years and years, and he was talking about pilots, right? And it was just an excerpt from a book. And I was thinking about this quote because it was occurring to me that this has basically been the philosophy with an AEW since it existed. But I thought about it again because of your point about the Usos and how stupid this finish was. And the quote was, He was talking about pilots in television. And he said, pilots are difficult. You have to give it legs so you can say, wow, I can see where that character might go over the next five years. I understand what that wink means, what that one line means. You're not figuring out what's going to happen in episode 309, but you're putting enough in the Petri dish so that the character can be there in episode 309. And that's the point here, isn't it? Not only was nothing put in the Petri dish (laughs) for why the character's going to be there next week. Mm -hmm. But you're not asked about 309 because at any given moment, a wrestler can just make a stupid decision and it not really matter. Yeah. And I just think that was what was so... It's nothing to do with the match. The two things were separate entities. Yeah. The match was one thing. It didn't have a pinfall. Most of the matches don't. The running was so thick that for the second, third? Second week in a row at least, SmackDown has gone off the air with a Roman-Seth interaction that has been such a damp squib. That has been such a wet fart. And they, this was supposed to be uh, in Shield. You know, it was supposed to be the, the Shield. is was with Max. It was supposed yeah. to be this thing. And, it, like, they reduce it by orders of magnitude with every interaction they have. And yet, this Friday, when they have
2: confrontation and the Rumble's the next night, I'll be buzzing. <laughs> oh,
3: man, you, we're going to be proving a contract signing. I don't care. And Seth Rollins is going to get shield bombed through the table by Roman Reigns and the Usos. I have a pasty with you. A pasty bet with you on that. I've got too many pasties uh, <laughs> I'm this, in deep. this weekend yeah I'm up to, up to my nuts and flakes <laughs> <laughs> right
2: well let us know your thoughts on Smackdown on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE well actually you can follow all three of us uh, Michael Sidric isn't here but you can follow him as well at <laughs> MCDwick you can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. you can follow me at Adam Wilborn. follow us all at WhatCultureWWE as I said make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts myself and Sidge will be here a little bit later on uh, to review AW Rampage and we'll all be back to preview Monday Night Raw Oh, a little bit later on today. But for now, this is Win the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hanford. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh.